1: pod save the queen hello and welcome back to pod save the queen i'm your host anne grepper i am joined by my good friend Danny Mirror royal editor russell myers who is not melting in the heat wave this week Instead, he's trying to avoid getting blown away in the storm.
0: <laughs> I am, It's it's, a, it's blowing a gale. It's, happy, I don't know, what's it like where you are? It's,
1: happy English summer, everybody.
0: If I so, go outside, I may disappear. That's how bad it is.
1: So the weather is back, the weather is back to normal. Some other things are back to normal in Royal Land. Changing of the guard is back at Windsor Castle, so that, like signs of returning to normality. And um, yes, yeah, so we've got lots to talk about today. And I sort of, you know, it's a little bit end of term We're little bit sort of you know pre-holiday happy um, but don't worry you will have lots of interesting royal things to listen to over the coming weeks because i've been out and about doing some specials russell i've been hanging out with other people not with you i
0: mean it's ludicrous to be honest you've been f- f- flaunting your wares cheating on me who've you been out with this week
1: uh so well last week just after we recorded i went out with zoe Forsey, and we went to westminster Abbey, and that will be a recording that we'll be sharing with you next week. It was absolutely fantastic, and they were very, very kind to us. And um, they also kindly went and asked the organist to do his practice a little bit later <laughs> because it wasn't, um, it was going to make recording a little bit difficult over the top of the organ. So that was last week, and then earlier this week i met up with amber Graffland to talk dresses and we went to kensington palace which was fabulous so that will be out in two weeks time so fashion lovers definitely keep your eyes out for that one but yeah so really excited to bring you those those recordings and um, and then there'll be another little special coming up after that which exactly which one tbc but you know Russell's getting can't, a little break. I'm getting well, a little break. I can't
0: believe you didn't ask for my expertise with the dresses, to be honest.
1: Well, you do get a mention, Russell. We, we debating... <laughs> I mean, it was, it was an ever-important question about what colour things are, but... Uh, oh, what...
0: everything's teal, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everything, or future.
1: I am mean, questionable colours of Russell's jumper today as well, so anyway... What, it's a
0: salmon, it's a salmon pink.
1: Yeah, I went peach, I went peach, but, you know, mm, either, either way right so lots for you to look forward to over the coming weeks but first of all we need to sort of wrap up what's been happening um, what's been happening recently It's various different things um some Fergie's been out and about oh my as, she, word. as she builds up to her book launch. So we'll be talking about that a bit later on. Lovely Kitty Spencer wedding day outfits. You know, no royal, no royal weddings. Five dresses. We will take Kitty an arist- I know. We'll take an aristocratic wedding in. Italian style was fab, and um, we welcome back Sarah Bradbury to talk dresses later on. Sorry, Russell, you're not going to get a full rain on those dresses. Either. I, I can
0: give you, a, I can give you a bit of a rundown on the dresses.
1: Okay, well, you the, don't need to. Sarah's done it already. You just see
0: Spare the listeners.
1: Yes, spare the listeners. I mean, I might I won't even ask you what what colours they were. Floral, I think, is probably simple. Very, yes, very glamorous. I think, I
0: think we'll do that floral.
1: Sort of. Super glam, um, and other various bits and pieces. But let's start with um, Prince George. Happy birthday to Prince George in a week, and we did get a lovely picture of him um, to celebrate his birthday, as often happens, taken by his mum. Sort of stripy and casual, and out and about in Norfolk, and um, and perched on a on a landrover which people thought was a little bit of a nod to Prince Philip, which was quite sweet.
0: Well, I think this was a sort of inference from a. Uh you know, from certain people. They were saying that, uh, oh, well, if you look closely at the picture, it's a nod to his great-grandfather. And uh, we thought, oh, well, he must be sitting on Prince Philip's car. But it wasn't his car. It was William's car, William and Kate's car. So, I they think,
1: yeah.
0: They have their own cars. They all do. They, I mean, it, it, there's, yeah, I mean, it, it was quite a nice photo. I, I just can't believe how big he's got. I mean, I suppose he's eight now, but
1: so what happens with children;
0: they grow up. Don't they? <laughs> they grow, they grow. It's wild, isn't it? It's um, I thought it was a rather, rather nice picture. Um, nice to see the mountain about in Norfolk, in in sunnier times. Um, and yeah, was it was it a nod to Prince Philip? Perhaps it was. I don't know.
1: Or it was just a small boy sitting on his parents' car. sitting on a car. Yeah, I'm and they, with a nice smile, and they thought that that was a good one and good to share. So yeah, it was was very lovely. Uh, Lily Berts has been added to the line of succession web page. Clearly, she was part of the line of succession as soon as she was born. But you know, up- updating websites and getting the wording agreed I and that kind of thing might take some to people.
0: Some people are causing a bit of a stink about this. I, I think that was uh, I said on Twitter that it was when you actually look down at royal baby. Some weren't added for you know a year afterwards. So I think it's just the social media bods hadn't uh, hadn't got their act together or hadn't hadn't crossed it off their to do list. So might say, have been on a holiday
1: or busy doing other things because there's lots lots going on. And,
0: there has um, been lots going on.
1: There's been lots going on, but um, the royal children. This yeah. um, is quite interesting. The, the, this new cartoon. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is.
1: Which is, uh, well, Prince Harry and Meghan in their sort of in their apartment palace situation. Orlando Bloom seems to be doing Prince Harry's voice, and then the the royal kids are sort of satirised in it as well. When there is not normally. People are kind of stay stay nice and friendly with the with the royal kids and just give them a bit of a break
0: so while I, so Orland Bloom voice is's is, is got a part in this right and he's apparently mates with Prince Harry and he did this really weird tweet during the week um a video of Princess Diana taking part in a mum's race on sports day. I mean it's always just a bit weird, isn't it I mean I, I, you know Gary Giannetti? From Instagram, and he does this sort of mocking of Prince George. And, you yeah, know, so perhaps it's distasteful. So some people find it's, it's quite funny. It's fairly amusing at times. But then to then go this one step further, and I think you're right. I think that kids should be off limits. Um, it certainly created a bit of a stink. And there's definitely, you know, uh, people are split, let's say, between it, because I think that, so, yeah, the comics essentially do have a right to free speech however when he's dressed in his school uniform the colors of his actual school and it's outwardly mocking him it's not just you know one skit or a couple of pictures having a bit of fun but it's it's actually a series um I, 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 it leaves me feeling a bit uneasy to be honest
1: so you know the the royal family are not immune from satire by any by any stretch, and, so and
0: neither should they be because no. you know the Winds the Windsors. If you have never seen the Windsors, everybody, you've got to see it because it's brilliant and it's actually go go going on stage.
1: I know um, so, the Winds the Windsors
0: are fantastic, and I think that's really funny. And I imagine if they watched it, that that's you know it's hilarious.
1: So little and we interviewed the writers of the Windsors yes. just over just over a year ago. So do check do check that one out. Um and it, it they, you know, they're good fun in there. so I mean, you know, they were, they were lampooned always in sort of spitting image and um and that side of things, but I, th- I think I remember even the Windsors saying that they because I don't think Prince Philip appears in it. Or the, they were you know they were talking about there are some people or the qu- the Queen's not in it. There were some people who they felt right. were sort of off off limits. that there were particular people who they did feel were sort of that people did want to mock or were open for mockery in a way that actually sort of the, the I don't know I guess the respected people or the the people who are too young to defend themselves. Are um, are not able to. So I don't mean, think it's well. Kind of- the
0: other thing is, you do, we don't really know mu- We don't know anything about Prince George as a child. You don't know anything about his character. So it's e- it's easy to create a persona for somebody who is in the public eye and an adult. I just think, you know, when it when it's children, um, for for the purposes of uh, comedy, shall we say, it's uh, I think it's r- very close to the bone.
1: It's a bit harsh. I don't think it's it's not strictly true to say we don't know anything about prince george as a as a little person as a character you know his parents share snippets of his of his life you know sort of you know i think love of helicopters and tractors and all of that kind of thing and um you know seeing how taken he was by the football and how devastated he was at the end but we they're little snippets you know we don't and i I, i'm sure they've spoken in the past as well about how the the sort of children interact all their sort of different natures they've spoken about that a bit as well but all of this sort of how i don't know it's it's one thing saying you know it's so it's so ridiculous that it's 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 clearly just made up which is kind of fine but then maybe you don't do it as actual real people you do it as a you give them some different names rather than yeah rather yeah, yeah, rather, rather than, than their
0: actual names I mean I'm just reading to quote actually he says I would hope he would find it super funny and have a sense of humour about it and obviously see that everything is meant with affection well it's a, he's a child <laughs> you know he's surely not even going to see it I, I doubt the royals will even see it to be honest I don't think they'll give it the time of day
1: so I mean, it's, you know, reasonably a cast. So it'll be interest interesting to see how that one, um, how that one goes, um, and there was you know there was some suggestion after the after the football because you know a lot of people thought how lovely it was that George was at the football and how sweet it was. So, yeah, I mean, fine, we will. Well, there were various of us who thought, "Oh, he's wearing a suit. Put him in a put him in a football." <laughs> well, <laughs> I just said in a sort of a well, you know, we said it in a, like a loving fashion. <laughs> but well, somebody so-
0: said he looked like a forty-year-old accountant, and I thought that was rather amusing because he's sort of belly laughing with his suit on.
1: But then you
0: know, <clears throat> there's there's it's one thing. Just I mean, that's I think that's all right if you say that. Surely, if somebody says, "Yeah, a, a little boy wearing a, a full suit, belly laughing," is quite strange.
1: Well, it, there's also like he's, he that is not going to come. That's not going to come through the tension. That's not like a you know that's not a, a like, kind of a real thing. I know there was, I think there was possibly some degree of meanness, but in the same way that there've been, um, you know, there've been pictures of a crying German. Fan, yeah. Like the young, the young girl who, and people were like really, really horrible about. And then there was some, I think, you know, anti-monarchists who probably did a similar type thing with, with George potentially. But you know, there was some chatter about whether he'd be kept out of the limelight after being in the eye of football. I mean, I think there is that natural thing of he will be out of the limelight largely over the summer anyway because they all just go on holiday and do their thing and have family time and. and Well, they've gone
0: already. They normally take August off, but they've been very quiet. They've. They've left early this week. Or there's been no no sign of them. But what I will say is I think there was a bit of chatter around um you know whether they would release a birthday photo, whether they will keep George out of the limelight because of certain things were said. And I don't think that is going to be the case. I think that both William and Kate have publicly um made a stand on how they view social media, the responsibility that they and everyone else has. And certainly the social media companies have to look after children. So I think that they will no doubt be bringing their children up with an awareness of it, which I think is, yeah, well, it's, it's a responsible attitude. There's, there's a, they're going to have to, the kids are going to have to get used to being in the public eye at some stage. Surely it's it's too early now, but no doubt they will be speaking to them about their role in the future. And, um, and obviously what it means to have a responsible footprint on um, online themselves, and of course, there will be people taking pot shots at them. Unfortunately, but um, I, I think uh, I don't think they'll, they'll shy away from that responsibility. I think they're, they're more more likely to t- t- tackle it head on.
1: Um, and one sort of final bit from from the football as well. We got a bit of insight into what happened after the match in terms of Prince William going down and visiting the. England football team I thought it was just interesting you know almost the the time the time shift and the emotion shift as well when we were talking about him being at the FA Cup final and not even being allowed to sort of shake hands with the winning captain who was was wanting to do that and then after the after the football going in and giving hugs to the three players who had sadly you know missed their penalties or had their penalties saved
0: well, again, I think uh Mark of the Man, not only is sort of there as the president of the FA, there is a, a fan. You saw his reaction. I love watching that back. It's sheer unbridled joy when we were we were gonna win it. We were gonna <laughs> win it. Oh God. Um but then to yeah, to go back and to, to, to go back and see the, the lads in the changing room is um, a real show of affection, really. Not not only there as the president of the FA, future king but a fan first and foremost i think and, uh, and and obviously knew, unfortunately as we all did that those those young lads who were bravely stuck up and, and took the penalties and uh, and unfortunately didn't score um that they were they were the real heroes because they were the, they had the uh, the uh, the guts to step up and take it so you know all all applause round for them i think
1: yeah and i think most people watching that match they did just want to put their you know put their arms around those lads you know the, the footballers mega mega bucks footballers who but who in that moment were just like young men whose hearts were broken on them so sort of yeah. the biggest biggest day of their lives type thing so anyway um so that was a nice finish there um we spoke a lot last week about prince harry's book deal so we're not going to the, 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 the talk about the book coming out and what have you so we're not going to go into this too much more but it's been sort of is it more than just one book, more details or more sort of thoughts about what's coming out? Megan potentially doing a book about wellness?
0: I mean, that's probably the, the most likely scenario. There's a, so a bit of background, what's happened this week is um, quite a, a bit of uproar about reports concerning whether Harry has actually signed a four-book deal. Um, and if this is true, I mean, his. Let's first and foremost let's say that his spokespeople, although they didn't respond to the original request straight away, um, for reasons unknown, uh, they did eventually come back and say that these uh, these allegations were false and defamatory. So take this information for how you view it, because I don't think we know the full story. However, the reports were that um, Harry signed a four book deal and that there were um, allegations surrounding that one of those books, at least one of those books, would be after the Queen has passed away. So, I mean, this is very, very, very controversial. So, if that is the case, it doesn't seem beyond the realms of possibility, does it? Because, what, are well, you just going to do one book and leave it at that? I don't think that will be the case. I, d- I don't think they can help themselves for want of putting their story out. What have we had? We've had Finding Freedom, with the podcast, James Corden, a couple of Oprah shows, and now this is going to be the definitive account from Harry. I mean, it won't be the last, uh, almost certainly. And I think that um, the, if there are future books in the offering, whether Meghan does a wellness book or not, that's neither here nor there. I think that she, no doubt, she will uh, dip her toe in the literary world. But the very fact that Harry's going to do this memoir and then potentially um, has a, a, a book coming out after the Queen dies, why on earth are they going to want him there or even speak to him? You know, these these are real issues. That that when he's at, when he's then within the fold, I saw some you know commentary during the week that William apparently regrets. Um, is speaking to his brother at uh, at Prince Philip's funeral because, and you, you can well imagine this because, I, I mean, from, from what I understand, I think that everyone just needs wants to take a breather, leave him to his own devices, let's it, um, not react every time uh, you know there are there are reports about what he's doing or not doing, and so, um, but but it still stands to reason as to why they will want to even entertain him um if if uh, if these book deals are true and the other thing is he's not it doesn't sound like he's being very upfront with people because uh, the very the very fact that he didn't tell the family about his plans nor is he duty bound to that will be the response from the palace and from his people he doesn't he isn't duty bound to tell them what he's doing commercially or otherwise but it it's common courtesy surely to say listen I'm going to do this otherwise it just looks a bit shady in my view
1: on the book front so at the risk of using you continually using football as a uh, as a sort of a prism of explanation but you know you get footballers who'll do their first autobiography at the age of about twelve no maybe like twenty twenty two or whatever you know and then they'll do another one later in their career and then maybe they'll go on into management or do you know have some kind of like life outside football or whatever and then they'll do another one so saying that prince harry will publish a second book after the queen has died i mean that that there is a long, there is potentially a long period of time in his life that is after the queen has died that is not necessarily an opportunistic right the, the queen's died now i can wash all of the dirty washing that i didn't feel comfortable washing while she was alive mm. this is me maybe maybe this is me being op- optimistic sunny sunny uplands but i you know i i i did i did think that this is a this is going to be a book about a particular stage of his life or the story so far if you like and he is still building the next stage of his life and that potentially will be a whole other um whole other thing to think about but we shall see do we need
0: a running running commentary about it though that's what that's what a lot of people will be saying is you know, if, if you're going to do it, well, let's, well, let's wait and see what's in this book. I mean, yeah, will, will yeah. it be full of contrition and soul-searching? Or will it just be, you know, more more uh, slander and aggravation? Or will
1: it be a bit less on that front and a bit more, you know, trying to re- be reflecting on himself? Let's do the fine. But yes, we don't know what will be in it. I'm right, sure. That would be
0: a first, surely. I'm sure, I'm, sure,
1: I'm sure we will look forward to reading it, as and when it uh, comes out, to seeing, uh, seeing what's going on. But um, a book that is hitting the shelves rather sooner is Sarah Ferguson's debut novel, Her Heart oh. for a Compass. And Her Heart so for a Compass. <laughs> Follow
2: your heart,
1: but do you dare? <laughs> The, the, the sound
0: quality of that video is absolutely appalling. I think producer Dan has done absolute wonders with that, because I remember when she tweeted it on, her, on the social medias, uh, it was absolutely shocking. But listen, that's not just what... I'm just looking at these pictures. So Sarah, the Duchess, has done a piece with Town & Country magazine. And have you, have you read this? I mean, you've obviously read my piece about it, but... But there were a lot of takeouts from it. I thought, and there was a bit of the people having a bit of debate about me whether she was comparing herself to Nelson Mandela. However, my view my view was, why are you mentioning Nelson Mandela to speak about your you know how you're living your life? you should not you should not be uttering your name. but she said one day I got up and thought Mandela forgave his persecutors. surely I can forgive and move forward. I mean, that's not the most bizarre take out The other one was she rang the producers of The Crown and offered to give uh, an appraisal of her own character. Surprisingly, they said no. So they said, don't worry about it, Fergie. We'll, uh, I think we'll be all right. Um, so this is obviously a bit of a, a uh, PR round because she's got this book coming out. However, uh, she talk, she talks about how she was mistreated within the media. I mean, seriously she was sucking people's toes and selling access to prince andrew for half a million quid so i think that uh she's possibly look- looking at it with rose tinted glasses that experience or perhaps not i mean it's <sighs> i mean you just got to see the pictures as well oh, yeah, A but... 1200 quid alexander mcqueen is it a bustier is that a... is it yes a, a bustier? So the, the, the photos are extraordinary uh, taken by Miss Anne Harriman. Uh Who was it? with uh... pussy
1: bow. <laughs> it's with pussy bow. Yes. She's got a white pussy bow blouse oh with oh a red world. leather bustier situation at <laughs> the top, which is that's I don't know. That's that's the picture that made me think it's a royal Eight. knock knockout somehow, bizarrely. Um, the hat.
0: The hat <laughs> is sixteen hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> oh, it's a
1: see-through hat. So the hats My are all the, oh, all, the, all the pictures that I've seen are all black and sort of quite um, you know Jeez. like morning,
0: morning morning widow sort of um, vampish. Totally bizarre.
1: And um, producer Dan described the pictures as steampunk, which I thought was uh, that's that was see,
0: that's a good one. Steampunk, yeah, it is. A, yeah. I, I, it's a leather a a bustier, Dolce & Who's buying this stuff? Oh no, Alexander McQueen bustier, Dolce & skirt, eight hundred quid. Good gosh!
1: I mean, it's there's a, there's a black sort of herringbone, black and white herringbone tweed uh, coat situation, which looks like you know sort of country, country, uh, country lady. There's a uh, She's wearing a veil in
0: one of them with a the top yeah. hat.
1: I think it's the I think it's the leopard print mini dress with big sleeves. When I was a bit like, okay, hang on a minute, hang on a minute here. I'm not sure about this. The, the Bohemian ones sort that's of standing on the swing, which I wonder whether that's the same swing that we saw for. Um, for Eugenie's pictures, potentially. It Maybe. The it's a, they're taking in the
0: grounds of Royal Lodge. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually quite a nice photo. That's a
1: nice one. The other like one with her, she,
0: The other one with she's where yeah, this leopard trim, big puffy sleeves. I mean, this is a big fashion appraisal from me, ladies and gents. But she's got her hand on somebody's head who's fixing her boot. It's, <laughs> it's utterly utterly... 1,400 quid for the earrings. Oh, my word. Anyway, oh, well, you got to Sorry, sorry Mrs. Time.
1: Myers. It doesn't sound like you're going to be getting any of these things for
0: your birthday. So, for, no, for, fourteen grand, fourteen thousand dollars, not fourteen hundred quid. Oh gosh. Anyway, the, the the it's she. So she gives this sort of viewpoint of how she's found her voice now. She's sixty-one. I mean, yeah, maybe, but but I, I again, I don't think there is very much soul searching. It's all like, oh, I I was wronged. I was, I was treated so awfully, whereas it was pretty much down to her own behaviour. She was the one who was you know, behaving, uh, what should we say? What should we say diplomat- diplomatically? Inappropriately. Inappropriately, yeah. She was behaving inappropriately. They, they make it, the, the royal family were furious at her, no doubt. And then it was well documented about uh, the Duke of Edinburgh's um, viewpoint of her at the time. Absolutely, put her into exile. Didn't want anything to do with her, and then completely lambasted his son when he was uh, you know still engaged, um, being involved in a relationship with her long after their divorce. And now, and now they live together. It's listen, it might work for them. It's quite strange, but I think she's a she's a bit of an odd cat as well, isn't she? So yes,
1: anyway So that is a interview on Town and Country magazine so you can check it out yeah, there it and see the incredible pictures um, so yes that's exciting but I mean the other outfits that have been catching our eye this week have been the multiple wedding outfits of Lady Spencer, who got, uh, got married at the weekend not quite a royal wedding but aristocratic Very glam, lots of fun to look at. Super posh, super posh.
0: Five props
1: Fair fair to say that neither Russell or I was on the guest list for that one, but um, so I I did get uh, the the big guns in to talk about the fashion. Russell, sorry. Did you
0: like the wedding dress?
1: I did not. Spoilers for the upcoming. I did. I thought
0: it was wonderful. I thought I loved it. I thought. I like
1: like the other ones. I like the other ones. So The, the
0: one, the the flowery one, the the sort of low cut. Shoulderless flowery one That's as
1: much Strat-less as you get one. Yeah, yeah. That was the Very thing. nice Very very nice Okay well let's Let's, let's hear listen what, to Sarah Let's <laughs> listen to Sarah instead So hello Sarah Bradbury It's so nice to see you It's been a long while Since we have talked about dresses And what a lot of dresses From just one wedding weekend To talk about
2: I know what a way to come back
1: I know, I mean, it's just, I mean, it clearly sucks to be the muse for Dolce and Gabbana. I mean, they're going to make you horrible things that you have to wear. and, And what an absolute drag.
2: I mean, you know, yeah, could be a lot worse. You could spend, you know, your average wedding in Somerset and it starts to rain, or you could be in Italy and have the time of your life. And not
1: one spectacular dress or even two, but five five people count them five um talk us through the different looks first of all give us a little bit of a potted potted summary of what we can <laughs> see in uh, those fabulous pictures that um kitty spencer shared on her instagram and that dr indiana also shared in their, uh, on their social medias it's fair to say that this was very much an instagram wedding i think
2: yeah and to be fair i think in the nicest way possible she really showed what a royal wedding should really look like because boy did she go all out yeah as you mentioned before she wore a total of five Dolce & Gabbana dresses over just a three-day period which is insane but um you know who else would you wear for your Italian wedding Um, It is worth mentioning, though, that she is actually an ambassador for the brand. So I'm sure they were more than happy to create the gowns for her big weekend and her big day. Um, So she kicked it off uh, in Florence and she wore a beautiful polka dot dress from uh, the designers and colorful wigs, um, which was in the 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 pre-wedding. Um, and I'm guessing that was like a bit of a mini Italian hen do with all of her best gals. And then on the Friday night, the eve before her wedding, she wore almost like a Cinderella style fairy tale gown, which was a gorgeous baby bu- um, blue tulle gown, had a matching cape with like cross stitch, pink floral embroidery all over. Um, I really loved this dress. I thought it really made kind of like her eyes pop. And it was like a bit girly, bit whimsical, but also had that kind of strong bodice that we kind of know from the italian designers and love um then she obviously had the big day on saturday um, and wore that stunning lace gown with the puff sleeves obviously it's victorian inspired um it's teamed with a traditional veil and a very very long train um but also people kind of picked up that it was a nod to her mother victoria lockwood's um creation that she wore on her own wedding day and that was kind of the the same button down front, the high neckline and the puff sleeves. Um, But unlike the other Spencer brides, uh, Lady Kitty didn't actually wear the family heirloom, which is the Spencer tiara for her wedding day. Um, Reasons we're not actually sure of why, but maybe it just didn't kind of go with like her theme and the kind of look she was kind of going for. Maybe she wanted to stay away from traditional kind of weddings and kind of do her own thing, especially getting married in a different country, whereas most of the royal weddings have kind of taken place in England. Um, later that evening, she wore this beautiful white um, hand-painted gown. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but it's kind of like floral at the top Then almost has like some sort of like Italian statues printed on the main body and then more hand printed flowers around the bottom. And it's just phenomenal. Like if you could see that in a museum, that is what I would pay to see. Um, it was like an organza gown embellished with flowers and a lot of crystals. And then for the evening, would you actually know whose dress she wore because it, apparently it's not Dolce & Gabbana. She stepped away from the designers, but it was a little perfect gold beaded mini dress with lots of silver and lots of gold kind of like embellishments and like very, very chunky jewelry pieces. So very much like a statement kind of showing off her party side, maybe her little London look. Um, and then on the third day of celebrations, she kind of opted for another refined, elegant gown. And it was a silk dress embellished with sequins, ribbons, sort of bright, sort of like a like an emerald green ribbon um, and tiny floral embroideries, which was very sweet. But as for her makeup, she kind of stuck to her traditional sort of like English rose style. She had those beautiful rosy cheeks. Uh, a smoky, um, like, lower lash line, winged liner, and then kind of like a sheer buttery pink lip. She just looked gorgeous throughout the whole weekend, so I'm very jealous.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely incredible pictures. But can I just say, I'm really not a fan of the actual wedding dress itself. I think, I mean, I'm I'm a bit, like, I kind of of get it. It's kind of, like, high art, maybe, or it's... But it's just quite... I find it quite severe with the lace, and then you've got the sort of (laughs) slightly... Bonded bodice, sat up underneath, and the you know the the quite um, I think it's the, the sleeves and the neckline. It's quite fierce and stark, but also somehow a little bit of Miss Havisham, if you like. I don't know. It I, it just didn't feel. It felt quite austere somehow, and very you know very spectacular and very over the top, but quite um, you know she's a very young bride She's you know she's marrying a much older man, but it felt quite. I don't know. Old. I, I, I didn't war. I didn't warm to it. Whereas the other creations were so fairy tale and girlish. I felt that the the, I, I, the wedding dress. I just I didn't like it. I felt it. It made me feel trapped which yeah. is not a vibe I, I would want to have on my wedding day but I mean the picture—the pictures were spectacular and I love it I love it from the back with the you know sort of giant circular train which is obviously beautifully laid out for the pictures So you've got the train you've got the veil coming down and the lovely picture of it, you know, just looking over a shoulder dramatic full, full drama but I don't know It's a bit it's So white And a bit ghostly And just It wasn't for me But maybe it's also because When you've got so many Fabulous dresses To choose from like Maybe I'm just drawn To the colours And the flowers And all of that side Of things instead
2: Yeah It's very very like Heavily Lace Heavily repeated lace So it's kind of just like the solid Throughout the whole dress I feel like if you Cut away the neckline Cut off the neck And you just had like Those big shoulders But kind of With that beautiful bodice it would made it a bit more modern but maybe this is like a nod to her English heritage I don't know whereas the other dresses are very like Italian very sexy very OTT very bright and colorful where maybe she wanted to cut down that whole quintessential traditional royal wedding look where it's like very modest very covered very beaded very lace like maybe she just kind of wanted to have one dress that kind of symbolized her family's heritage, I guess, um, and then kind of go wild in the other ones. Wild in the aisles, quite literally.
1: Wild in the aisles. And uh, yeah, I the one with all of the flowers around the um the skirt line almost looks like she, you know, she's walked through the garden and brought half the half the bower with her. You know, it's like she has got a whole never mind having flowered archways or whatever to to walk by. You're just carrying the flowers with you. It's, that's stunning. I love the blue one and I really love the green one as well, which we there's far fewer sort of obvious pictures that have been shared of that and I I really like it as a dress although um, green is always an interesting choice because some people see it as being unlucky but I just I think it's an absolutely stunning stunning colour and um, I mean a word as well for the necklace that she is wearing I mean necklace doesn't really do it justice with that with that sort of sky blue like deep sky blue and pink cross-stitch flowers dress and you know very elegant sort of off the shoulder well, not off the shoulder a strapless neckline showing off you know a her incredible bit figure but b this incredible um bling that she has got going on i mean
2: what what a look for your wedding weekend I think she, yeah, she definitely had a lot of incredible jewelry choices and a lot of incredible dresses throughout the entire weekend. Whereas from the other royal families who have got married, they've kind of very much stuck to a very simple, very elegant, very dare I say it, bland. Whereas she's just kind of thrown, you know, everything into the pot and said, Jolce, Gabbana, do what you will make me look like the italian princess i want to look like for you know for my wedding and man did she do it and she do it well Full kitchen sink which is your favorite dress oh it's really hard i want to see more of the gold one that we wasn't designed by dr and gabbana as far as we're aware i do love the blue i do love the blue
1: i think the blue looks almost wearable like you could you could wear it to you know i mean it would need to be a big event but it maybe it's just because the the we can't see the full extent of the skirt in all of the pictures Whereas the other ones, you would need to have somebody help You probably need to travel in your own car Like just you and the dress Or, you know, probably the back of the, the, back of the truck to, I mean, fit it, to fit it all in Whereas the blue one, it looks like, you know You could wear that for dinner and some dancing And to a friend's wedding Without it stealing the entire entire scene And all of the space on the dance floor
2: so. I think after the year that we've had, that dress deserves an outing, even if it is for local waitros or Sainsbury's. I mean, I would wear that anywhere and everywhere. You, I'd sleep in it. I wouldn't shower, but I would wear it all the time.
1: <laughs> well, I think this is the other thing, you know, when when people get married, you you know, sometimes people might have a second second dress for the evening do if they want to like be able to let loose and party and things. But you've got one day to wear the dress that you have chosen for your wedding day and to then have to sort of split it among all of these others. But then when you've got such fabulous ones, maybe you are quite happy to. This is it.
2: And also, you know, I'll never forget Megan wearing that gorgeous halter neck Stella McCartney number. And I feel like Kate wore another McQueen number in the evening, Yeah. but um, you know, when when Megan got in the car with Harry and she was wearing that huge topaz ring that was Princess Diana's and she was wearing that very silky halter neck Batlix number, it was like, wow, okay, Megan is pulling out the stops here as well. So, you know, they always do like their little sexier bit more. What's the word? Kind of raunchy evening number. But yeah, Lady Kitty really did it in style with multiple gowns.
1: Mega aristocrat wedding. Very much. Very styled there. And I have to say there's a a friend of mine who I think would occasionally um, wear her wedding dress just to do the ironing. Just because she could because why not? And then, so I think there's like a, there's a, um, a fun run, like a charity sponsored run that some people do each year wearing their wedding dresses as well, just as a, you know, as an excuse to get it out and wear it and, and have, have some fun in it and and have some joy in, you know, that thing of like, I can still fit in it as well, which is always an achievement.
2: This is true. I think there was a rumor after Millie McIntosh divorced um, Professor Green, she actually cut her wedding dress up and walked to a Halloween party. So, you know, there's always that option. <laughs> well, let's hope that is not the
1: fate for any of these Dolce and Cabana dresses. One because they are beautiful, and two because we wish Kitty and her husband um, a long and happy marriage and life. That Sarah, it's been lovely to catch up with you. We should be, we should tr- make a make a hot date to chat royal fashion and Kate's looks sometime before too long, because you know she's been knocking it out of the park on uh, on various you know more more day to day occasions. We can get a bit more more relatable and. Uh, semi-attainable but it's um it's nice to be taken away with a fairy tale so thank you to kitty spencer and dolce and cabana and thank you sarah for joining us to chat about the frocks thanks for having me thanks guys So it's great to catch up with Sarah because it's been a while since we talked much about fashion or well, with anybody um, more expert than me and Russell. And, um, fashion is not all, <laughs> always <laughs> our strong suit, as you probably notice if you follow us on the Instagram at app say, with our lockdown, oh, lockdown outfits. Um, but yes, great to catch up with um, Sarah. But while we're talking about amazing pictures of the week, this is less about outfits and more about accessories. I think my favourite royal picture... Never mind the wedding ones or the Sarah Ferguson ones. It is the picture of Prince Charles sitting at the National Memorial Arboretum with his umbrella up, looking in... Mortified. Mortified. I'm going to go for battle. Clown.
0: Clown was next to him.
1: our, Our esteemed Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, having somewhat rather more trouble with his umbrella, which is like fully inside out, and just like as a metaphor for everything it's just like- he was doing an
0: interview during the week where he couldn't he was drenched do you see this he was outside a police station he didn't even know how to hold an umbrella he was absolutely drenched and then at this uh, memorial for uh deceased um police officers that uh, he just was getting himself into an awful state with this uh but the pictures were just hilarious But I did feel sorry for Charles. He certainly wasn't laughing. I mean, some people thought, saying, "Oh, it's not Charles finding it funny." I thought Charles was sitting there absolutely mortified that this buffoon next to him was a. Taking the attention away from the on the day of what it should on have been a about
1: solemn occasion exactly National Memorial Arboretum. Um, I think I spoke about it in one of our um, remembrance episodes, probably because it is a very fabulous, fabulous place. But yeah, so that was um, and Charles spoke there, sort of in the in the um, unveiling of this new memorial, um, and now Charles is out and about up in Scotland in his kilt. So he's, he's wearing all, you know, he, he's probably the most visible royal at the moment, I think. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think the, the Cambridges have, t- have taken um, an early cut, shall we say, for, for summer. Uh, maybe they'll come back earlier because normally we don't, we don't see them till mid September. Uh, but yeah, Charles, Charles has been out and about. He's been in. He's, he's obviously the National uh, arboretum. He's in Scotland for a couple of days. It's, it's in, where we we're we're not even space time continuum because we're late this week. Aren't we're it? late. So it is Friday. We apologise. But um, yeah, he's been. Uh, I, th- I I th- I think we will see a bit of Charles throughout August. I don't think it will be all too quiet. I think that he is quite aware that. Um, yeah, that uh, they've they've had sort of a slow start to the year, not through their own doing, but because of yeah the, the pandemic, and uh, no doubt, fingers crossed, things will be looking a bit rosier by the top by September, and uh, and we'll be out and about, and dare I say it, we may even get a tour. When do you think? Come on, come on, the gods. Russell wants a tour. I just want some fun. <laughs> quite, they to, do okay. quite
1: often go in the autumn, don't they? That's often quite. Yeah, a I think octo-
0: October might, might, you know, it might not be a bad shout
1: So we'll, we'll see. we we'll follow that space. And um, just to thank our listeners who got in touch, explaining about the Church of England in America and its state over there. There's various um, similar comments, so thank you to everybody who messaged, but I'm going to share one from Amy Russell Scruggs who says, um, also just finished listening to the podcast, wanted to point out that the Church of England is also known as the Anglican Church in the States, but more broadly the Episcopal Church. I'm a member and have been my entire life. Um, It's probably the oldest denomination perhaps established in the United States. After the Revolutionary War, it changed its name from the Church of England slash Anglican Church for reasons of separating from Great Britain. I'm guessing it wasn't very popular to be a member of the Church of England post 1776. And as I understand it, our bishops answer to the Archbishop of Canterbury, Canterbury. So there is still a direct line. Anyway, I don't see why Meghan and Harry wouldn't want to have a little bit baptized in the UK. I certainly would if my granny were head of the church. And um, there's another listener who mentioned that uh, rather than they don't pray for the Queen, they pray for the President. So the so it is still the,
0: the church of, does
1: the church but but I think often that that may not be to do with the church that as it because you you pray for people who are sort of in charge of in charge of stuff and people's lives and trying to do trying to do better and make people's hmm. lives good and have major responsibility so you know Anyway, so thank you very much. The Episcopal Church is the uh, is the equivalent over there, and then the other thing that uh, last week I didn't quite manage to mention was that some new material had been released from the archives. So I think it's like a couple of times a year or once a year, the archive National Archives at Q, the things that are kept under wraps for I think it's like some random number of years now, like twenty three years or something like that. Um, they they're released for the public, or they're, they're released and people can go through them and, and find the interesting stories in there. And um, there were a couple of different things in there, that were a bit interesting. So there was talk at one stage about turning the Millennium Dome, which is now known as the O2, but it was this sort of big um, big white dome in East London um, that was opened for for the Millennium year 2000. I think it's where you had um, was the Queen and did she have to sing Old Lang Syne in there on Millennium Eve? The Queen, so the Queen Tony Blair was he in there? I don't know. Oh, yeah, probably.
0: Long clearly, clearly,
1: I had a bit too much uh, <laughs> too much Sherry. to drink on that night. Yes, but um, anyway, so you know, the only it was a project that was fraught with various different problems. We got there in the end, but um, there was talk about that becoming a tribute to Princess Diana in some way.
0: The whole thing.
1: Yeah, well just like I guess being named after her or not that kind of thing, but but
0: Oh, well, oh just benching that, are we allowed to say you saw the statue? I saw the statue,
1: last... yeah. So when I went to what? Kensington Palace with Amber, I saw the well I didn't see it up close, up close, because we didn't do a sort of a full lap of the sunken garden. But good news, yes. people, you can you can if you're visiting Kensington Gardens, you can get into that bit without you can go to the sort of have a walk around the grounds, some of the grounds. Mm. Um without getting a ticket, although why wouldn't you want to get a ticket and go visit Kensington Palace itself? Precisely. Because it is fabulous as um as you'll find out also when you listen in a couple of weeks' time. Um but yeah, because you're seeing it from further away so the sunken garden it's quite a sort of large rectangular with beautiful flower beds like stunning flowers and then and then sort of hedging all the way around with different viewports um through it or sort of gates through it although hedge hedgeways as uh, as i heard it referred to as a hotel i was saying recently. um but basically you get sort of different viewpoints and different angles on the on the statue and the, the main view you have of it is sort of the full length of the garden. You can see two of the three children that she's standing with, and it in that context, seeing it in the space of the of the garden, it makes sense that it's you know kind of large and imposing. It's huge,
0: isn't it? It's one and a half times life size, isn't it? So one it, and a quarter. She must so it. that, and it's on this plinth. So it's it's on the
1: plinth, and it kind of makes sense. It, it, you're not looking at it as a likeness of someone in the same way so it's a piece of sort of sculpture in in the garden so i think i i think i did feel quite differently about it looking at it in the in the garden as opposed to sort of having seen the, the photos of it where inevitably it's more up close and you're looking at the small details and and that kind of thing um but yeah you can so you can walk around and see it from from different angles so you can sort of see the, the third child who's hiding a bit behind um if you see from different places so that was um that was interesting um russell one more thing from the archives if you were invited for tea with the queen what would your answer be yes yeah generally generally the answer would be yes but <laughs> apparently bill clinton having previously already taken tea with the queen declines an invitation no. to tea with the queen gosh to gosh, go for that... to go for beers and a curry with tony blair the new prime minister
0: i mean that's pretty that's a pretty, pretty bum deal if you ask me you can so see blair any time of the week but you you didn't well, go for tea with was, the
1: queen but well, he he'd done it before clearly a busy visit um but anyway Gosh. So that's, that's Well I mean the, the Queen She might have liked to go for beers and curries She might have had you enough never of scones And cucumber sandwiches So um, bit,
0: What do you reckon her favourite curry is? Gael I reckon
1: She's a Vindaloo lady I no, Clearly it's Coronation Chicken
0: Oh Very wow. good Very good
1: Very good <laughs> Coronation chicken curry chicken sandwich Lovely Gosh I'm getting Ooh,
0: yeah. hungry
1: now I am now Yeah Right Well Russell It's nearly time for you to go on your uh, Your little holidays Before we're back Later in the summer But I'm
0: going to miss you
1: I know I'm going to miss you I'm going to miss you too
0: For how long are we off?
1: Well, we'll negotiate. Let's see.
0: Let's see. But we'll
1: have to see how much the royals do in between times. We will be um, we'll be providing some interesting feature episodes, as previously mentioned, interspersed when uh, with probably a a multi royal catch up, I suspect. But um, as the royals head off on their holidays and we head off on ours, like how? I mean, it's obviously been a, a very turbulent time um they've had the death of prince philip it's going to be the first summer up at balmoral without prince philip as they sort of go through the new things first first summer for uh, boris johnson and his new wife carrie as husband and wife to be invited up to balmoral as um married married couple Um, but yeah, how do you how do you think the what will they be thinking about think reading on their sun loungers? Well, not- well,
0: listen, it's been I mean, what a year! I mean, we've we've barely come up for breath, have we? Haven't we? So you think of the start of the year, all the stuff happening with the Sussexes, and then um, it's been a, it's been a rocky road. So I think I think everyone will be like taking stock of what has happened. I think they will use this as an opportunity to have a breather um certainly no doubt we will be hearing from the sussexes before long i i think the rest of the family will use this definitely as an opportunity to 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 try and plan out what they want the next 6 to 12 months to look like and and obviously they want to hit the ground running i know that is a phrase that is used quite a lot but it's 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 right because they we really haven't seen as much of them as as we would have liked. Um, so I, I do think that we will see the, the, these things happening in parallel. So we'll definitely see a lot of Zooms still keeping in contact with those sorts of people, but we definitely need to see a bit more of them front and center. Um, I think we'll see a bit more of, of Kate in the, in the sort of latter stages of the year to do with uh, a, a lot more in early years. Um, no doubt we've got Earthshot as well. That's coming up in November, December. Maybe, um, and so it's. it's I, I think they, this this these next few weeks will be just the family taking stock of what's happened, and and no doubt putting into place the plans for the uh, for the future because they, they need to have sort of a very united front. I think we've spoken about that beforehand. I think we will see more of the Wessexes, um, and always busy. But you know they, that core seven of them. The Magnificent Seven, as they were dubbed uh, by some of our subs, but I definitely think that the the Queen will will be speaking to them individually and as a group throughout the summer, and um, and then hopefully we'll kick off a new term with more things to look forward to.
1: Well, and- <laughs> What Russell really is saying, less pandemic. What Russell is hoping that they're going to be doing over their summer holidays is planning their next trip that he can join
0: them. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think we're going to see one this year. I mean, we we might see a UK one because we've had, you know, we've had a couple of them now. But I I just can't see, I can't see a tour there. Maybe, maybe abroad. I I don't think so. I mean, it just—it just. It's I mean, just
1: don't, don't Nobody get, knows. They don't want to get stuck on the amber list. What's they're over there? You imagine, you imagine? It'd be
0: a rush back. Yeah. Um,
1: so, so yes. All right. Well. Th- like everyone they deserve a little bit of a break and recharging of the batteries and figure out you know like you say taking stock making plans figure out what they're going to do next we'll be looking forward to seeing what they do next and um, we'll be back very soon to talk about it in the meantime enjoy the specials thank you to um those listeners who went on and left us lovely reviews last week after I, um, i mentioned that that would be a lovely thing to do if you have time over the summer then please do Um, Pop over to your favorite podcast provider and give us some lovely stars and ratings. Um, You can follow Russell on the Instagram in the meantime at Russell J. Myers and he's at what you are J. Myers
0: on Twitter.
1: And uh, we are at PodSave on both Instagram and Twitter. And, um, yes, I think we should probably wish all of our listeners a lovely summer. We should do. I hope
0: you have a lovely summer. I hope it is filled with, with the recharging of the batteries, lots of family time, and we will have lots of things to look forward to, I'm sure, when we reconvene.
1: And we hope you enjoy our special episodes that we've got coming up as well because I've definitely enjoyed recording them and can't wait for you to hear them. So lots to look forward to. But stay safe, stay well, and until next time...
0: POD SAVE THE QUEEN!